0: Thanks for tuning in to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by The Hartford. I'm Elizabeth Larkin, Managing Editor of Small Biz Ahead, and I want to welcome you to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, where we take a deeper look at the challenges facing small business owners. We also try to make you laugh along the way. With me today, as always, is Small Biz Ahead expert and small business owner, Jean Marks. Well, hi Gene. how are you today?
2: Elizabeth, I'm doing good.
0: <laughs> We're laughing because this is the first time we've recorded in the same room. Usually we've been doing this over Skype, so it's kind of weird to be like right next to each other. Yeah, but I, know. Nice. I see your
2: pets jumping up and down behind you, you're doing it from your home office, so it's I nice, we face face-to-face, this yes, is a really good thing. Yes.
0: Usually I have like my puppy in the background whining because <laughs> she's not on my lap. Um, so it's really great. So we have Jean in Hartford today at the Hartford, who's the sponsor of our podcast, and they're letting us use their very fancy recording studio for the first time. And we're changing up the format this week a little bit. We asked the Small Biz Ahead community if they could submit some questions for us to answer, and they responded with some really good questions. Um, they really run the gamut across all all types of small business industries, from sole proprietors to people with a lot of... Um, employees. So we're going to jump in after we hear from our sponsor.
1: The Small Business Ahead podcast is brought to you by the Business Owner's Playbook. Whether you're a seasoned small business owner or just starting out, the Business Owner's Playbook is your go-to destination for how to run your business. From business plan templates to advice on managing employees, the Business Owner's Playbook features up-to-date, sound advice on running your business.
0: Okay, question one is from Heather in Seattle, and she asks, I'm a first-time business owner. She asks, why
2: is it raining here so much all the time? (laughs)
0: Why don't I move somewhere that's sunnier? They have great coffee, though. They do
2: have great coffee. It's a trade-off. So what's Heather got to say?
0: So she's a first-time business owner, and she's wondering if she needs a business plan. Mm. Uh, I feel like taking the time to work on something that I may not end up using is a waste of time. Mm. What do you think? So... I'm going to jump in before Jean, and Please. I think I'm going to say the opposite of what Jean is going to say. <laughs> um, yes, you need a business plan, but you probably don't need an elaborate one, which actually I think Jean would agree with. Right. So we have a great quick article on this, on the business owner's playbook. Just go to Google and, and Google business owner's playbook, business plan, and that article on writing one should come up, and I'll include a link in the show notes to this. So you don't need a 30-page plan, but I think you can get away with something like two pages, three pages, and the reason for that is you're going to get so many questions when you're launching a business, and it's great to just sit down and put down on paper what you're doing, like what your business does, who your target customer or client is, and what you're going to be delivering to them, and how you're going to get that information to them. The second reason is I think it really helps with goal setting especially in the beginning. And now I'm going to let Jean totally disagree with
2: me. No, no, no. It's actually the other way around. I I I agree with a lot of what you said. I think that business plans are um sometimes they get over they get overused and overrated, but I'll tell you this much Elizabeth, I I do not know a successful business owner or entrepreneur who has not succeeded without a plan. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a plan Um, and plans kind of serve two purposes. Number one is they they help you try and figure out um, how to either avoid surprises or how to deal with the unexpected. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what plans do. They make you think through these kinds of things and that's really important. The second biggest reason why people really do plans, formal plans is because they do want to show it to somebody else. And that's really helpful. If you're starting up a business, um, you know, you put to, you 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 pitch the idea to a friend. Even people that aren't necessarily giving you money, you still want to bounce ideas off of them. You might want to be looking for a partner or bringing an employee or somebody. A lot of people are going to be like, so. What's your plan? What's your business all about? What's the market? What's the idea? What's your financing? Do you have any kind of projections? People ask these questions when mm-hmm. they want to understand better what you're up to doing, and uh, you know, having that kind of thing written down, you know, just really gets your thoughts together and and makes it good for the external community. So I'm I'm I think business plans are really important and good. Where I get um, you know, it's, it just annoys me sometimes that I, I meet some business owners that go all crazy with their plans. You know, they're, yeah. It's like they're, they're, they're creating like an SEC prospectus <laughs> for their little <laughs> shop that's going to sell coffee, Heather, in, in Seattle, which yes. I guess that's what people do in Seattle. Uh, so, you know, I mean, you don't have to be like oh, this elaborate thing. The only people that are going to make you do something more elaborate and follow um, is, 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 is a bank. Or an investor. If you're
0: getting a loan, or you're looking for if you're getting financing,
2: people are going to ask you to do that. So now, so there a couple other thoughts on business plans. If you're if you're looking to create a business plan, people are like, where do I start and what do I do and what kind of advice do I have? So, I I always like to look at at you know SEC prospectuses when there's initial public offerings. So, you can go on the SEC's... Even for a
0: coffee shop. Even
2: for a coffee shop. And here's the reason why. An S1 prospectus is what any company uses when they're going public. Now, I realize Heather, the coffee shop owner, and I don't even know if she owns a coffee shop or <laughs> She right didn't say. We're completely making this up. But, okay. So, whatever Heather is doing, if she's looking to put together a plan, um, if you download any S1 from any company that's, that's filed an IPO over the past couple of years, it just gives you the format of what... The SEC is looking for, and you can't get any more like authoritative than that um, for a company that's actually going to go public, what their projections are, what the risk factors are. An S1 is. All the reasons why you should not invest in that company. It's not a sales document at all. It's the opposite it's of that. It's a
0: warning document.
2: It's a warning document. And to me, that's like the best plan possible. It's making you think, your investors think, you know, here are all the things that I need to make sure I'm thinking about before I even put any money into this or change my life around. That's, a, that's the sign of a really good plan. After that, um, depending on the size of the company and if you're looking for money from some external source, I, you know, having just quarterly objectives... You know, like you had mentioned before, uh, putting them on a spreadsheet, updating them every quarter, and then also having something annually and maybe a couple of years out just to kind of keep yourself focused. That's what I do. Yeah. So I don't have like a detailed plan per se, but I've got objectives.
0: Yeah. We talked about uh, your goal setting plan, I think two podcasts ago. Mm-hmm. So I will, again, link to that in the show notes so you can go back and see how Jean does it because it's very organized, um, but but loose too. You it know, is. you don't get too strict about it. So if you were let's say, opening a coffee shop in Seattle, what key elements would you have in your business plan? And you wanted to keep it under, let's say, five pages.
2: Right. So first of all, it, it really depends on the audience, Elizabeth. Okay. So if I was just preparing this for myself, then I would be having specific, you know, dollar metrics and some Qualitative metrics. That's all I would be designing. I was saying that if I've got um, a plan in the next 90 days, in the next 180 days, in the next 360 days, these are some of the you know dollar metrics that I want to have on a certain number of you know uh, um, you know revenues that I want to have to date. Um, what I expect my expense to be to date. What I want my profitability to be. Almost like a just a pro forma little P and L. That's what my plan is. But then it's supported by qualitative metrics, which means in the next 90 days, I'm opening up a coffee shop. I wanna make sure that I'm offering three brands of coffee and um, or I've signed my lease and have furniture in the place. You know what I mean? And then within the next 180 days, I got certain objectives I wanna accomplish. I I wanna have two employees on board and I wanna make sure that I'm doing two events per month, that kind of thing, to bring people in. So that to me is a plan if you're just doing it internal. Um, If you're looking for money from like the SBA, a small business administration, or a bank, or an investor for a coffee shop. Uh, good luck with that, by the way, because <laughs> banks don't lend money to coffee shops unless yeah. you've got like 20 coffee shops. But if you are looking for an outside investor, your plan would have to then consider what the market is. You know what you expect your how many customers you're going to have, what your competition is what the risk factors SWOT are, analysis. SWOT yep. analysis, okay. yeah, all of your weaknesses and strengths.
0: For those of you who are looking to get funding and you are a coffee shop, we do have an article on creative ways to raise funds for your business. You, Very you good. don't just need to go through banks anymore. There are a lot of ways to raise money for your business that don't involve using your personal credit card either.
2: Another topic for another time. Another topic. There are, I've actually counted nine ways to raise money for your business that didn't really even exist 10 years ago, but that's another, yep, another topic yep. for another time. Yep.
0: We'll cover that in another podcast. So business plans, we're going to give them two thumbs up, but you really need to think about your audience. And I just love, you know, when you're starting something new, you get so many questions from people, even if it's just your mom, like what kind of coffee are you going to serve? Is it going to be pour over, organic, wild caught? Like, are you going to have scones like all all of that stuff well, it sounds like
2: my mom actually yeah. she's, like, well, she's all about the food i don't know doesn't I, really care if I'm yeah. making money she just wants to make sure she's getting food. how
0: can i help yeah. what can i do um so I just love to take the time. I don't do this enough in my own life, but I always think it's a good idea to just take the time to get stuff down on paper. So then you don't have to every time think up a new answer to this question. You can just say, you know what, I've got it all right here. So even just for that, even to help organize yourself, it's good. And then again, if you want to look like a professional to potential partners, to funding sources, um, you've got to have a, you've got to have a business plan. I just don't, think people should spend time working up a 30-page business plan. Yeah,
2: don't do it if you don't. I mean, the smartest business people I know, they spend their time and their money on things that are gonna give them a specific return on investment. Yep. So, you know, if you're gonna write a 30-page business plan and then you know, two days later, stick it away in a drawer, nobody's gonna read it, yep. then you're just being dumb. You're yes. spending your time on stuff that's not productive. You should, there's plenty of other stuff you should be doing yeah. that will make you money. Um, if you think that a business plan will make you money, because it's either getting your your head together, some thoughts, or you're looking for money from an external source, do the business plan. Yes. Uh, But regardless, everybody has a plan. It just depends on how formal or informal you want it to be.
0: And you don't want to get stuck in the planning process. That's something I see a lot of, that people have a business idea and they spend forever planning, but not executing. That's something I would do. Correct. If I were starting a business, I would spend way too much planning. I also
2: want to also add um, some clients that I know that do plans. Um, you call it plans, forecasts, projections. Um, be aware that a lot of times companies do this stuff, they break it down to specific things. For example, um, let's get back to that coffee shop again, small example. But if you have to invest five or ten thousand dollars maybe in some piece of equipment, some incredible coffee brewer or some maker, you've got like the opportunity to do something like that. Many clients of mine, and they have to make an investment in something, a piece of equipment, a piece of machinery, you know, technology, whatever. They'll do a little plan just for that. Wow. So if you're going to buy, you know, like make a 5000 investment in some big coffee maker or whatever, you really want to sit there and say, "Well, let me do projections and a plan." Just for this? Well, is this gonna make me money? This specific thing.
0: And when is it gonna make me money?
2: Correct. So I'm gonna put five thousand down. I'm gonna have to put a certain amount of money out every month for the specialty coffee it needs, and the maintenance, and the cleaning, and I'm gonna have to spend money to train somebody to use it. That's all gonna cost. Okay. Based on that, what's the market like? What are my risks? Who's gonna be ordering this coffee? What is the demand for this? Will this? coffee maker in its own little P&L be making me money over the next three or six months. There's nothing wrong with doing a plan that just is involved in a small part of your business. It doesn't have to be the entire business all at once.
0: Good tip. Okay. All right, we're going to hear from another one of our sponsors.
1: Are you looking to expand and grow your small business but don't have time to keep up with the latest trends and technology? We've got you covered with the weekly Small Biz Ahead newsletter. Sign up today and start receiving our weekly email chock full of the latest tools and resources to help you run a successful business. Find us at smallbizahead.com.
0: Okay, question two is from Bill on Long Island. Love the Long, Long Island. Island I run a small dental practice. I've never done marketing before, save a mm. listing in the yellow pages. Mm. Old school. Yes. I have $1,000 to spend on marketing. Where should I put it? Mm. Thank you. This is a great question. I'm sure this is going to really resonate with a lot of small business owners. I don't know if you can automatically say your dentist needs to be on social media. What do you think, Gene? Well, first
2: of all, considering the, the condition of my teeth, Elizabeth, my dentist has no <laughs> financial worries whatsoever. I have like six root canals. and so There's all the coke that I was drinking as a kid growing yeah, up. Like yeah. My mom was like, have another drink. Have another yeah, drink. Yeah,
0: they told us it was healthy. Yeah, food. they said it
2: was fine. Um, you know, it's funny. So Bill from Long Island, you're the dentist, you've got a thousand. Uh, good for you, Bill. You've got a thousand dollars to spend on marketing. Um, here's my advice for you. Um, take the thousand um, dollars. Uh, you live in Long Island, uh, drive to Atlantic City and spend it there because your return will probably be the same as what your return is by spending the $1,000 on some marketing. Here's the reason why. I know I'm kidding around, but I'm actually pretty serious. Um, when people say, like, oh, I got $1,000 to spend on marketing, marketing is not like, it's not like you put a bet on something and then you, like, you win the lottery or something. You know, the people that succeed in marketing, it's it's a long term investments, you know, yeah. this is it's just not like a one-shot thing. People have this thing that like, oh, I'm gonna like place an ad for a thousand dollars and then my door's gonna get knocked down by customers <laughs> coming through it. And, and you know it, when you when you market, if Bill were saying to us, hey guys, I've got a thousand dollars to spend every month on my practice, that's a different conversation. That's a
0: huge budget.
2: That's a huge budget. Okay, but maybe he's just like I've got five hundred dollars to spend every month on my then okay you got then you got a little plan you got five hundred bucks to spend we can talk about some ways and we will about what you could do to spend on on, on marketing but just a thousand dollars one off is is you're, you're you're wasting your money if mm-hmm. you think you're gonna do something that's just gonna you know pay yourself off I would rather him take you know for free we talk about marketing ideas or whatever you're a dentist. You know, any professional service that you do, whether you're a landscaper, you're a dentist, you're a, you know, an architect, you're, you know, people refer service providers. I mean, companies and services like websites like Angie's List and all that are great. But let's face it, if you're looking for a dentist, Elizabeth, right? I mean, you're probably going to ask. You know, it's very likely you're going to ask somebody you know who's your dentist. Is there, you know what I mean? Like, that's a very common thing to do um, for anybody if you're looking for somebody to. Walk your dog, right? Which I hear needs walking in the middle of the night now. (laughs) Um, You want to, um, you're tending to ask because it's a service provider thing. So that $1,000, put the money aside, right, for for something else. Give stuff away for free if you're a service provider. Bill would be better off, you know, devoting his time to maybe different charities in the area, giving some services away for like silent auction. That benefits for a charity, you know? Um, something where people can can think about it with a silent auction, they get the free dental treatment or a free exam or or whatever just by contributing and then goes to the charity. It's a way that you can not only give back to the community and sort of advertise yourself within the community in a really good way, but then you're also getting, you know, customers to come and see you and yep. hopefully you do a good job and they will also refer you. So um, putting you know spending a thousand dollars on on anything just one time I don't think for a professional service provider it's gonna it's gonna provide much now, return at all
0: what about something like groupon because mm-hmm. I go on groupon all the time mostly looking for beer tastings but um, <laughs> not usually looking <laughs> well, that's for a dundas. whole other issue altogether <laughs> okay uh, there's a big craft beer <clears throat> community in Connecticut and anyway yeah yeah um, So I see all the time, dentists on there, you know, a cleaning for $99, cleaning and x-rays, something like that. What about that?
2: I hate it. I absolutely hate it. it. I mean, craft beer is one thing. Um, I'm a service provider. Um, I'm going to tell you straight out, when customers are coming into me and they are paying our full rates and they're good customers, we give them full attention and we're happy. When I get people coming in, you know, if I were to have somebody particularly a dentist, God, and they're waving a coupon yeah. or, you know, it's part of a deal or whatever. Um, I just, I hate it. I think that it's, it's people that are, um, I, I don't view them as long term. Maybe Some of them maybe turn into a long term customer, yeah. but for a service provider, um, I just don't like using those kinds of sites. Um, I think it's, I mean, you know, people from Groupon are going to yell. I just, I don't think it's like a, um, a professional way to present it myself you're trying to build value as a service provider um and 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 you know i think just giving away your service a two-for-one deal or whatever when what a group on looks like you know just i think it devalues you so i like i mean getting back to giving stuff away to organizations or charities um it's just a way of saying hey look you know what i mean my, my services yeah. are valuable and important but i certainly I'm concerned about this charity. I want to give back. You know what I mean? And, and be
0: involved in the community. It's also kind of community. a way to network a little bit without actually having to go out with a stack of business cards. Yeah, it
2: really is. And let's, uh, when we talk about networking as well, there's also, I mean, if you belong to certain groups, networking groups or organizations, and to say, hey, look, um, because I'm so committed to this organization, or we do such good things, you're a Rotary Club member, or serves Lions Club, whatever, um, and say, you know what, for people that belong to this I you know, I'll, I'll I want to first, but I'll give something away for free or 50% off or something just because I want to give it back to the organization. Yep. I'm so committed to that. That sounds better. It's like a yeah. better marketing move that retains your professionalism and your respectability. So, um, long answer to a sure question, but for, for like a service provider, like the deal sites and all that. I'm not so not so crazy about okay. it. Okay.
0: So if you were a Bill on Long Island yep. and you had this thousand dollars <throat> and you were listening and you said, Okay, I guess I'm not gonna spend that on marketing, right? Where would you put that money <laughs> in a dental practice?
2: That's a great that's a great question. So in a in a dental practice, there's really, you know, two different things, two big things that you would put your money into. The thousand dollars itself is not a whole lot of money to put into technology. It's only just a thousand bucks. What I would do is I would put it into my people. Yeah, for that $1,000, is there any training that I could send my people to go to? Is there, um, or even just, um, I'm going to put it towards a lunch fund. So, you know, every other Friday, I'm going to bring in, you know, a lunch for the people in my office. Um, The better your people are, the better trained that they are, the more that they are committed to your practice and loyal to your practice, the better job they're going to do. Um, and that will please your patients and that will please all the people that your patients know and will refer to you. I, I go to my dentist, I've gone to the same, You know, I'm 51, I've gone to the same dentist since I was 12, Years old is that nuts? And it's a uh, well, like I told you, this guy is like paid. I do not even want to see his house because his entire. I got a wing on what I spent. Crazy, Um, but they, um, they, they just like and they are actually in a house. Their practice outside of Philadelphia in a suburb, and they have had Elizabeth the same staff there for years. They just treat them really well, and they have a super loyal clientele, like a really good little practice. I tried to schedule a cleaning. It's like three months out in advance. You know, yeah, that's pretty typical
0: for a really good dentist.
2: Really good. They take really good care of their employees. And uh, so you got a thousand bucks to spend, you know, I mean, again, I'd I'd love to say spend it on some technology. You're not going to get a whole lot for a thousand bucks. So put it towards your people.
0: You know what my dentist recently did and and I definitely got mine through referrals. I actually Mm. asked my oral surgeon when I had my wisdom teeth out, I went to her dentist and now all of my coworkers go to my dentist because a lot of my coworkers recently moved to the area. They didn't have anyone. I said go to my dentist and they love them. Um, And they recently started a reminder service. You get text reminders when you have an appointment. So I'm pretty diligent about putting stuff in my calendar, Yep. but I don't always look that far ahead. And I'll get a text about a week ahead saying, your appointment's next week. And I, feel like that's got to save them money because that's oh, got to save fantastic. them money in the form of I might cancel that week, say, oh, my gosh, that I have a conflict, so I'll cancel that a week ahead. They can then fill that appointment rather than me just not showing up.
2: Agreed. Now, a service like that, there are some great cloud-based applications for all service providers. But in the medical field, like dentists, my dentist has the same thing. And again, this is like an old school dental practice, but they, they get it. Um, same thing. You get like now, if you want to make an appointment, you can make an appointment online. You get confirmation that. online and then you get the text reminding you and then you got to respond to yeah. confirm the appointment because you talked about making money. If somebody doesn't confirm an appointment or they don't show up, at Costs you money, so you know you're using the technology to to, to have people do that, and um, and that's a good thing. Um, you know, getting back to the thousand dollars, I mean, those, those kinds of services um, can run you your practice anywhere from you know two hundred and fifty bucks to a thousand bucks a month, wow. depending. Okay. on, Well, it just depends on the features and the functionality and you know, all that you want to do for good. Application, so um, it's it's a great thing. I mean, I absolutely should be invested in. So um, I'd love to say take that thousand bucks and maybe a few extra thousand bucks and invest in a technology like that would really help your practice.
0: I look for small businesses like that. I Mm -hmm. mean, I look for service providers that have. Online reminders that you can schedule online because a lot of offices, especially in big companies, are moving towards a bullpen and open office yep. feel. Yeah. Because they think that uh, fosters collaboration, but really it's just to save on real estate <laughs> um,
2: And they, you don't want your coworkers to hear about yeah, your root canal or yeah. God knows what, right? Yeah. So. I don't want
0: to call up and say like oh, I need my hair, my need my roots <laughs> done. You know, I want to be able to just go on that website. <laughs> you don't get your
2: roots done. No, they look no, fine. No. Come on.
0: Um. Yeah. I just want to be able to go on the website. Make yeah. an appointment, and the yeah. great thing is, you make the appointment, you get an email confirmation. I can save it immediately into my Gmail account, right. and then I get the the text the day before asking me to confirm yes or no. And I feel like it it probably just cuts down on people. First of all, it makes people. It's a it's a nice feature to have because yep. I think it gets clients in the door because I specifically look for that with yep. hair salons. Yep. Um, And it cuts down on people canceling at the last minute or showing up a half an hour late. Oh, I didn't know what time it was. So I feel like that's a real money saver.
2: Those cloud-based systems are a necessity for any business as they get as in 2016. First of all, um, the, the whole millennial generation is people in the age of 18 to 34. They
0: don't like to make phone calls.
2: They don't. I mean, this is what they're growing up to be. And I don't even want to hear like, well, back in the day we made phone Well, it's not back in the day anymore. It's a new generation, <laughs> and this is what people are doing. And they, yeah. they want to either do it from their mobile device or they want to do it from their desk at work. They don't yeah. want to be bothered. They want to get a text reminder because people text. This is what people expect. Your ret- is that you not only are serving that community, so they keep coming back because you're making it super easy for them. But remember, a lot of these cloud-based systems are accumulating data. So you're asking for them, you can then offer them little discounts for those good customers right online. You can then get data so that you can actually market to those people a little bit more or share that data with partners who might wanna market a partner with you on certain things. So um, there's a lot of advantages for a business to invest in that. But it's also the biggest thing is that it's providing an advantage and convenience for your customers and that's just what you want to be doing.
0: solving a problem. The other great thing they do is I'll often get an email with a discount if i book between monday and thursday not
2: great yeah
0: because that's when they are not as busy. They want more people in there and I save 10%, 15%. I think surge one pricing. I it's surge pricing. <laughs> exactly.
2: And I always, I'm going to write about this soon. I'm actually accumulating some data about how every, you know, we read about Uber does with surge pricing, but really like smart like Disney just started, you know. Up, you oh know,
0: really? Yeah,
2: now depending on when you go and time of year and time of day, the price to enter the park is different. It's not wow. just a standard price. And people are like, oh, my God, that's you know, so anti-American. You know, how can you do that at Disney? Meanwhile, that's against the most American thing you can do. Capitalism. It's pure capitalism. <laughs> um, and it's the same thing when you fly. You know, right? the, the person sitting next to you might have paid $50 less for their ticket than you because they bought it on a Tuesday and you bought yours you know, on a Friday. Um, that's what big companies are doing, um, but small companies are going to be doing that as well. And you just gave a perfect example of that dentist office that's saying, oh, you know, if you book you know, uh, you know, an appointment with us at our non-peak times, we'll give you some time off, you know, we'll give you some dollars off. Retail stores will be doing that as well, right? Really? Yeah, I mean, why not?
0: Online retail or brick and mortar? Both.
2: But I would say let's talk about just brick and mortar. I mean, you know, you go into any coffee shop in the middle of the day downtown, say at like 10 in the morning, you know that their peak times are early in the morning as people are going to work and during lunchtime. And then things really die off between the hours of, say, 9.30 and 11.30. So watch more and more coffee shops or even little restaurants or diners saying, listen, come in during this period of time and we'll give you a discount on this or some other Yeah, I
0: think Starbucks does that now with their treat rewards. They do. I I broke my Starbucks addiction several years ago, so I'm not as familiar, (laughs) but I think they do have something where you get a receipt. You can go back in after 3
2: p.m. Correct. They give it to you certain times a day when when they're less busy that you can redeem it for. It's good stuff. So.
0: All right. Well, Bill, we hope that answers your question.
2: <laughs> what was Bill's question anyway? I don't even remember. Now, that's what you did. $1,000 you've got to spend for marketing. You're a dentist. I'm telling you, dude, stick it in your pocket because unless you're telling me it's a 1000 bucks a month or a few hundred bucks a month at least, you're not just going to get some big boost to your business with just spending $1,000 somewhere. Um, but if you want to know where to spend the money, spend it on your people
0: spend it on your people yep. and that's probably best
2: marketing you can do
0: yeah that's probably how we're going to answer a lot of questions yep, time. It's all about your people your people well thanks for joining us today on the small biz ahead podcast we're gonna hear one more time from one of our sponsors
1: thanks for joining Elizabeth and Jean for another edition of the small biz ahead podcast for the latest on small business trends straight from the small business experts visit the Hartford small biz ahead we've got articles how to's and videos to help you run your business more efficiently Check us out at smallbizahead.com.